My name is Jacob Stoops, and you're listening to the Page 2 Podcast, my podcast about the reality of being an SEO in which I chronicle the real-life stories, experiences, challenges, and advice from some of the most amazing people in the industry. Today, we talk with Jenny Hallis, president and founder of JLH Marketing. We discuss her 20 years of experience in the SEO industry, how she went from being a communications major with the hopes of going into broadcasting to a marketing major while at NC State University, and how that eventually led her to a career in SEO. We talk about her experiences as an affiliate marketing manager for what eventually became art.com, her rise to become VP of search strategy at Acronym, and her transition into owning her own business. And potentially even more importantly, we discuss what it's like to lose your job, as well as how to pick yourself up and dust yourself off. On top of this, we even talk a little bit of SEO. Crazy, right? So get your popcorn ready as we tell Jenny's SEO story. So hello, everybody. I am here with Jenny Halas. Did I pronounce that right? Halas. Halas. I, I even asked you before and I still pronounced it wrong. So good for, good for me. Um, president and founder of JLH Marketing. How are you doing, Jenny? I'm doing great, Jacob. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. We were talking just before this. Um, I, again, I have been bouncing around the Raleigh SEO community and I will say it's like you said, because everybody is just so nice. And so far, nobody has turned turned me down in terms of just uh, being willing to talk and have a conversation. Um, and I am really excited to talk to, uh, to, to you because you, I think you're one of the really awesome women uh, in the industry right now. And you have a ton, a ton of SEO experience. You've been doing it for a long time. So really excited to chat with you. Thanks. Wow, you build me up so much. <laughs> I hope I can. I hope I can measure up. Right, right. I did my homework. You've been you've been doing this thing for almost twenty years, so I think that there's a, a lot that my listeners can learn from you. So well, I hope so. <laughs> tell us about your background. Yes. Where do you want me to start? <laughs> start at the beginning, I guess. How did you How did you get into this weird thing called SEO? Completely by accident, like so many people. Um, I guess uh, the the short version of my story is uh, I went to college uh, at uh, NC State University, um, graduated from there. Um, and when I graduated in 2000, uh, there were no jobs. The bubble had burst and there just was not much of anything out there. Um, so I had gone to school uh, originally for communications and uh, thought I was going to do broadcasting. I had intended to go into TV, and that goes all the way back to when I was much younger. I did musical theater and had always hoped to, uh, kind of my childhood dream was to move to New York and be a star on Broadway. Wow. Um, 
<laughs> that uh, wasn't a real realistic dream. So, <laughs> so by the time I got to college, I had kind of settled on, well, maybe I can do some broadcasting. I'm interested in news. And, um, but my very first class um, in broadcasting was a four-hour lab where we had to create and produce our own show um, in the school um, in, in the school lab uh, for um, uh, sorry uh, in the school uh, broadcasting studio yep and uh, I was terrible <laughs> <laughs> I was really terrible at it and uh, I realized that I actually didn't even really like it that much um, and uh, so I switched majors. <laughs> okay. And I um, became I built my own major, which was a combination of um, advertising and mass communications. Okay. Um, I had envisioned at that point that maybe I would go and be um, an account executive for some advertising firm or uh, do do copywriting or something like that. I always liked writing. Um, and uh, I, I even uh, did some editing for our school newspaper, The Technician. Um, and uh, it, that just didn't, uh, that didn't pan out either. Because when I graduated, nobody wanted an account executive because everybody was cutting their marketing budgets. Uh, so I sort of took the first job offer that I got that paid anything. <laughs> And it was with this, uh, this little company um, based right here in Raleigh called allwall.com. And they were selling posters to basically college students, um, but they were doing it online. And so that was 2000. It was pretty groundbreaking at that point. Um, and uh, started working there. They hired me to manage their affiliate program. My, my first title was affiliate program manager, but really all I did was help it answer the phone and, and answer emails and glorify customer service rep. Um, but during that time, I had to kind of teach myself how to write some HTML, just really basic like links and help affiliates troubleshoot things that went wrong. Um, and this was really back in the days of the 10 blue links. I mean, mm -hmm. there wasn't a lot of multimedia or anything like that. Nobody was using CSS, you know. A much simpler time. Very, very simplistic. Um, but I actually, um, when I got hired for the job, they said uh, part of the requirement for this job is that you know some basic HTML. And I said, yeah, sure I do. I, I learned it in school. Um, in truth, I had uh, actually, um, I probably shouldn't even say this, but I had actually paid somebody to help me make a website so I could pass one of my classes. So, <laughs> I didn't know anything at all. So, uh, I went to uh, Barnes & Noble because we still had bookstores back then and, um, <laughs> and bought, a, bought the uh, O'Reilly book on HTML and consumed oh it gosh. in a weekend. <laughs> That is so much like my story, and I went to the exact same place. Oh my god! Yeah, that's so. Cool. I uh, yeah, I uh, I consumed that in a weekend and showed up on Monday and was like, yeah, I know how to write. I know how to code a link. Yeah, I was. Um, so a couple, <laughs> a couple of things. 
one that is so eerily similar to my my own story like i i worked i out of college i worked at ups which is an awful awful oh awful that's a job. horrible job my yeah, brother yeah. did that for a while yeah. so i worked there and you i get really ripped but i can yeah i can attest i yeah my body was shaped a lot differently back then um <laughs> But anyways, yeah. Weren't we all? Tell you, you a supervisor there, you just get shit on from literally the moment you put on that green shirt. And they're like, oh. yeah, yeah, by everybody, including including your bosses. And I finally got to my breaking point. I've never done this in any job ever. Never quit a job. Never been fired from a job. I walked in without any notice and quit on the spot without a backup job, without a backup job. Um, so I luckily, luckily had some friends that got me, um, a couple of jobs. So I worked two jobs, seven days a week, uh, for like eight or nine, eight or nine, eight or nine months. And, um, eventually I got like burned out on those jobs. And I had another friend who got me in, um, at his company and they did, uh, they did cold calling to fill events, which is basically telemarketing. And on the other side, they did um, they did local search marketing, which was such a weird, weird business. But I had no experience in either. So they put me on the cold calling side. And just like you, I was so awful. Like I was, <laughs> I was so bad. There were a couple of times where like I would cold call people and they would start yelling at me and I'd get so flustered that I would hang up on them instead of the opposite. <laughs> it took about two weeks for that to like work itself out. And eventually they just decided like, hey, my friend came and talked to me and said, hey, like we're going to bring you over to my side of the business, which is the marketing side. And if you can learn how to build websites, which I never had done ever in my life, um, but I was, I had come from a graphic design background, but if you can learn how to build websites, you can stay. Otherwise you can, you're going to have to go. So literally just like you, the the probably that evening i i can i can't remember exactly the sequence of events but i remember very clearly walking into barnes and noble which is very ironic that you <laughs> pick up a book to learn digital um and picking up uh head start html and css for beginners read it cover to cover in like four days and came in the next week and started building websites on wordpress and the rest is history that's just an that's insane. Um, That's so funny. <laughs> yeah. And then the other thing that you mentioned is, um, so broadcast, broadcasting and news. So we've had um, two or three people that I've interviewed that come from journalism backgrounds. And I just wonder what it is about journalism that ultimately, um, in, well, first off, it's that when people get out of college, they can't find jobs actually in journalism. But then I just wonder what eventually steers them to a career in SEO. I just find that ironically like a career path that most people start on before they get into SEO, which is so weird. So, Well, I was kind of always customer service. Like I've always yeah. been able to talk to people and help them resolve problems. And I'm my, my very first job was as a cashier at Office Max. You know? <laughs> and then, <laughs> then I worked uh, customer service uh, for Sears, and that was a horrible job. Um, yeah. And for a bike shop, um, selling like really high-end bicycles. Um, so the, the affiliate marketing thing and, you know, essentially just 
helping people was was a natural progression. Um, but when I got laid off from there, mm-hmm. I was looking for really probably anything that I could find because at that point um, I had uh, just bought my first, I had just gotten married and bought my first house. Wow. Um, and then I got laid off like a few days later. <laughs> it wasn't that close. I think it was like three months, but still, it was. Man. That's uh, a tough way to start. To start. <laughs> that was not good I guess I guess I quantify like I don't know when you get like when you when you hit those big life events it's like okay I'm an adult now real life has started and that's man that's a tough way to get out of the get out of the gates man it's it's freaky um but it seems to be my mo um as I continue you'll see that like I always lose jobs at the worst possible time (laughs) (laughs) So, so yeah, I uh, got laid off from that job. Um, Although while I was there, they did buy the domain and the rights to art.com. And so now they're a huge company. Yeah. Um, So that was a really fun experience going from like 12 of us in uh, little offices in, uh, in Raleigh to um, I huge warehouse and like 200 people in RTP. <laughs> it was crazy. Um, but yeah, so they decided to outsource their, their affiliate program uh, to LinkShare and uh, I lost my job. <laughs> yeah. um, so I, I saw a sales position for um, a company called WebSourced. Um, that uh, had just rebranded from a company called Keyword Ranking. Um, And uh, went in and interviewed for the job, and uh, it was Andy Beal. Do you know Andy Beal? Yeah, I've heard of him. Uh, I've never met him, but I've heard of him. Who interviewed me for the job. And uh, he said, it's been really nice talking to you, and I, you know, hope to see you again sometime, but you are not going to be what we're looking for for sales. Okay. I said, okay, yeah. You know, because I knew I, I probably sucked at sales, but I just needed a damn job. Yeah. Um, excuse my language. Um, <laughs> and um, when I got home uh, from that interview, uh, there was a message on my phone, and it was from Andy. And he said, you know, after you left, I got to thinking and I went in and I talked with our CEO and um, we might have a job for you after all. Would you come back in tomorrow? Good for him. Sure. (laughs) So so I went back in and he said, uh, look, we're trying this new thing where for the sites that, so they were selling banner advertisements Mm -hmm. on a site called world mall. Um, And so you would buy a a spot in the Mm -hmm. mall and you could put your banner up. Um, okay. it was like, it, it was something crazy, like $500 a month or something. <laughs> um, All right. and, uh, they said, you know, the, the, the banner thing's not really working all that great anymore. This was 2002. Um, and we're trying this new thing called, um, SEO. Have you heard of it? Uh, no, I, you know, I have no idea what you're talking about. Um, <laughs> he said, basically, we just write these tags. They're called meta tags. So a title and a description for every page on a customer's website. 
oh, okay, that sounds good. And they said, so with your customer service background, what we'd really like for you to do is answer the answer the phone when these people call and ask us to stop charging their card and try to convince them to buy this MetaTag service instead. <laughs> wow. That just sounds stressful. <laughs> And I took the job, and that's what I did. Um, and for about the first year, um, that's what we did. They hired three more people, and all four of us uh, answered the phone and talked people into buying this other service. And then it was more of an account management role as we kind of converted all the customers over. Wow. Um, about a year into it, um, I, I made really good friends with um, these two guys that worked there, um, Ben Wills and Garrett French. Um, and uh, about a year into it, um, they took me aside again, and I thought, oh, God, I'm about to get fired, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and they, you know, can you come into the office? And, oh, okay. Um, <laughs> and so I go into the office, and they said, listen, um, the account management role is just not working out for you anymore. And I said, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and they said, you're just giving away too much information to the customers that they haven't paid for. So we're going to move you over to the SEO team. Wow. Okay. <laughs> and that, I mean, that's how it started. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> And yeah. so, I, I mean, I learned from some of the absolute best, Ben Wills, Garrett French, um, yeah. and we, again, grew that company from like 20 people to over 200. Wow. Um, and then one day, uh, the SEC showed up. Really? Securities and Exchange Commission. Oh, my God. And told us all to go home and took our computers. That is insane. Very. <laughs> <laughs> What did they think was happening? Um, there was apparently some some securities fraud, some insider trading going on in our senior level. Um, wow. And uh, I'm like really boring. oversimplifying the situation, but uh, oh, essentially crap. the company lasted about a year after that. Well, wow. I, so we came back in, um, we worked for a couple more weeks, and then um, – like 40 or 50 of us got an email one afternoon that said, come to the cafeteria at 3 p.m. Oh, my God. And we went in and they said, we're eliminating all of your jobs. What was that like? Awful. Absolutely awful. I've never seen uh, – I mean – Wow. Everybody was crying. Everybody was walking around packing up boxes. We all ended up going over to the bar across the street. I mean, we, we called it, everybody who worked there still calls it Black Thursday because it was just a day where everything exploded. So it was about, it, it was a little over half the staff got, got let go that day. And in, in all of that was tied probably to the activity of the people above you that you had nothing to do with. Most likely. That is unfortunate, man. But so I was in that first round of layoffs. They had, I, I don't even know, like three or four more rounds of layoffs. And then the company finally just closed the stores. Um, 
that is like my worst nightmare to just walk in one day and the doors are shuttered or you just get blindsided. I know, right? Literally like one of my, it keeps me up at night, nightmares. Can't even imagine. When the Securities and Exchange Commission came, it showed up that afternoon, we were all just like, uh, yeah. what on earth is going on here? I'm this is crazy. <laughs> God. Yeah. Well, I knew, you know, I knew I hadn't done anything and right. pretty much, you know, none of the other employees had either, but something at the top. Yeah. Well, I, I, I hate to say it, but as a Browns fan, when that actually happened to the, the you're a Browns fan. Oh, I'm a huge I'm from Ohio. Yeah, so I'm a huge Browns fan. So My our, husband's our, from Cleveland. Oh, is he? Okay. Yes. I spent a whole week in Cleveland last week uh, with the fine folks from Search Discovery. We've got a Cleveland office there, and uh, yeah, I grew up a Browns fan in Ohio, so uh, we're familiar with SEC uh, and FBI raids <laughs> because <laughs> we're owner like five or six years ago. So yeah, yeah, yeah you would be <laughs> yeah. anyways. So where, like after that happened, like, where did you go next? After that happened, I found out I was pregnant with my first child. Oh my God. <laughs> Good Lord. <laughs> well, you win the timing award. <laughs> like I said. <laughs> Man. Always with me. I don't know why. Um, but yes, I was I was pregnant with my first child <laughs> and without a job. <laughs> wow. That's yeah, that's insane. The the only thing I can think of that even like parallels that my my wife, her parents um, worked. At, so my wife is a triplet. Her parents worked yeah. at the same the same place, which is, um, I guess, in hindsight, like in terms of balancing your risk and they both got like impressive. Yeah, they were, they were, yeah, right. They, they were let go um, from the same company uh, at the same time <gasps> with young triplets. Um, oh no. Yeah. So it's, it's similar. Never, never good. I can't even imagine. <laughs> I can't even imagine. So whew. hope I never have to do that. Oh man. It, it was crazy. <laughs> All right. So Yeah. So you're panic pregnant, ensued. No job, panic ensuing. I Where you go next. Interviewed everywhere I could think of. Wow. Trying to find anybody who wanted somebody who knew SEO or I found like a lot of people were actually looking for somebody who knew analytics. Okay. Um and at that point I I knew quite a bit about analytics. That was pre Google Analytics, mm -hmm. but um Let's see. So when was that? That was 2006. Mm -hmm. So that was before Google Analytics, but I knew Yahoo Analytics really well. Wow. Um, <laughs> and uh, and Web Trends was also yeah. really the big, big one back then. Yeah. Um, so I found a job uh, working for BB&T. Okay. And... I accepted the job to go and work for BB&T in the analytics department, and I was supposed to start the next week. Mm -hmm. And my phone started ringing from this company in New York City, this agency uh, called yep. Acronym. Yep. And yep. they kept calling. <laughs> like, 
a person would call and they would ask me a bunch of SEO questions and they would say, have you ever considered, uh, you know, moving to New York? And I'd say, no, I really haven't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I live in Raleigh, North Carolina. I own yeah. a home here. That's I completely have different. a husband. Uh, my family is here. Um, not saying the thing that was really true, which is I'm about to have a baby. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, they just, uh, it would be, it was so unusual because these people, different people from this company would call me and ask a whole bunch of SEO questions. And I would say, well, you know, thank you very much for your time, but I'm not moving to New York. Like, you're yeah. not going to convince me of this. Finally, the last call comes from uh, the CEO of the <laughs> company, Anton Konikov. And he says, um, I'd really like you just to come up to New York and see what we're about. Yep. And I said, well, but, uh, I mean, I'm not moving to New York. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, well, that's okay. Uh, just consider it a free trip to New York. I just want to meet you. Come on up and talk to us. That's awesome. And so I did. Yeah. I went up to New York and uh, it was St. Patrick's Day. Um, and it was absolutely insane in the city. Um, but I found the office, uh, was and State still building. is in the Empire State yeah. Building. And uh, I interviewed with a bunch of different people while I was there. They took me out to lunch. We had a nice, you know, chat. And um, then uh, uh, Anton um, called me into his office and offered me a job. <laughs> and I said, I, I really appreciate the offer, but I cannot move here. And he said, that's okay. <laughs> you can work from Raleigh. Wow. And that's before like remote work <laughs> was like a thing. Yeah. yeah. Nobody from their company had ever worked remotely before. Yeah. And um uh it was just not a thing back then. Yeah. Um but I'm thinking of myself that offer he just gave me like is probably a good 20% above what I was making at my last job mm -hmm. and I'd get to work from home and I'm pregnant. And <laughs> so, um, I said, well, I got, I got to talk to my husband about it, but let me, let me go back to Raleigh and talk to him. And you know, I, I feel good about this. I, I think I'm going to accept. Um, and you, so, um, let me ask you, do you believe in, uh, you believe in fate? Like, I, I feel like somebody just kept like tapping you on the shoulder and tapping you on the <laughs> until you finally figured out like, maybe this is my fate. I do. Um, I, I kind of do believe in fate. Um, and I mean, the, the job, by the way, was to build that was to rebuild their SEO department. Yeah. That's they awesome. had a couple of people that were working for them that were, you know, uh, kind of younger people that uh, um, weren't really taking it seriously yeah. um, and they were doing okay work, but they wanted to take it 
to another level and they'd heard about web sourced and they'd gotten really good uh, recommendations for me from people like Andy and, and Ben and others. Yep. Um, and uh, yeah, so I ended up taking the job and I uh, got up Monday morning and went into BB&T and met the person I was supposed to be working for and shook his hand and he said, okay, well, let's get your, you know, employee badge and blah, blah, blah. And he's getting ready to onboard me. And I said, do we have, do you have somewhere we could talk for a minute first? <laughs> and I went into his office and I told him, I said, uh, I am really, really sorry because I know you've invested a lot of effort in me, um, but I'm not going to be able to take the job. And he looked completely crushed, like, oh, and, yeah. and a little pissed off too. Sure. Yeah. And I said, he said, what is it about the other job that appeals to you so much? And I said, well, I just found out I'm pregnant mm -hmm. and this job allows me to work from home. Yeah. And his face broke into like the biggest grin I've ever seen. And he reached across the table and shook my hand and he was like, well, thank you so much. It really took a lot of guts to come in here and tell us in person. And, you know, awesome. after you have the baby and you get settled and everything, dude, just let us know if you ever need a job. That is awesome. And I know he's thinking like, as soon as I walk out, whew, dodged a bullet there, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. So I took the job with acronym and, uh, about the time I started to show, I said, you know, um, I'm, I'm pregnant. Yeah. And they said, how far along are you? And I said, uh, about three months. Okay. <laughs> and they said, uh, okay. And the, you can see them doing the math in their heads. Like, how long is she going to be out for? <laughs> no, no. It was the, she was pregnant when we, oh yeah. There is, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. You can always play it off like, eh, I didn't know. It was early. Yeah. Uh, crazy. Yeah. So you're So you're they were a great company to work for. I really enjoyed working for them. The the team was awesome. I got to meet some of meet and work with some of the most amazing people. Mm -hmm. Um uh, another person you should try to interview if you get a chance is Ellen Mamadoff, um okay. who is uh heading up the digital team over at uh IBM now okay wow um I, she worked at acronym <laughs> wow yeah i i ran across the acronym so i used to work at rosetta and mm -hmm. we leveraged not because i liked it but because it's just what was there and what everybody used when i got there a tool called bright edge um and oh yeah we had more than a few calls with acronym in which they were wanting us to, and I don't think you were there at the, at the time, because I think you, you left acronym according to my research in 2011. And I started That's it right. in 2011. Um, so I think this had to have been 2012, maybe, tw maybe 2013, um, trying to convince us to switch over to, um, from bright edge. And there were my choice cause I hate, Bright Edge and hated Bright Edge um, at the time. Um, I probably would have, but it was never it was never my my call to make. But um, 
we almost ran across each other uh, when you were. That's funny. Yeah. Almost. We just missed each other. So you, you worked your way up at acronym to mm-hmm. VP. What was that yeah. like? A lot of hard work. <laughs> um, yeah, it was, I mean, it was just amazing experience. Um, uh, Selena um, Agarwal now, uh, what's her, what's her married name? I, Isaac, Isaac, I think. Um, she was my boss um, for that whole time um, and became the, the COO uh, at one point. Um, I don't think she's there anymore. Um, we haven't kept in contact, but, um, but she's just a really brilliant woman, and um, I learned a ton from her. Um, and there were just some really great people there um, and, uh, um, I had been so fortunate to work for WebSourced because mm-hmm. there were so many huge names that came through there. Heather Lloyd Martin and Mike Green and Garrett French, uh, so many people. Um, and so when, uh, when Mike Green came to Acronym, that was really when, um, I mean, he really advocated for me. He really awesome. did great. It really helped me, um, uh, helped me get, you know, like my first speaking gig and, um, all that kind of thing. So just really great guy. So let me ask you this. What made you leave acronym? <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, well, I was really interested in um, speaking and writing, um, uh, being a, being an industry advocate, mm-hmm. um, and so I was doing more and more of that. Um, and really looking back on it, hindsight being what it is, um, I wasn't a great employee. I was, you know, kind of difficult to work with at times. How so? Um, I'm very, um, I'm very exacting. (laughs) Um, and, uh, to be completely frank, um, I, I don't know if you have come across some, I'm a pretty big advocate for mental health awareness. So it would be really wrong of me not to say at this point, like I was suffering from some pretty severe anxiety. Sure. Um, and it was coming out in me being um, angry and um, combative. Uh, I think I was probably a really difficult person to work with back then. And um, what do you? you what, know, it just it was it was getting it was getting difficult. Um, there were there were a number of. Uh, personal relationships uh, at the company that were um, causing challenges for kind of the whole team. Um, And I think I was, um, I I hadn't really managed a lot of people before that point. And when I became VP, I managed the uh, paid team, the SEO team and the account management team. I had about, 40 people reporting mm-hmm. to me that's and that's a lot it yeah. is a ton um 
so I think in some ways that situation was set up for failure. Um, but in some ways I just was not up to the task. So, you know, we have to accept the things that are, that we're not the best at. In, in retrospect, do you think that there was anything that you would have told yourself to, to do differently there or anything that you learned for, for people that, and I'm only thinking for people, there are people out there that are in that kind of a situation, maybe not to the same extent yeah. um, right now. And I think one of the, the good things about this podcast is I, I honestly, I do like talking about mental health because I think it's incredibly important because there is a lot of anxiety, a lot of imposter syndrome, um, a lot of pressure that gets put on SEOs because it's a performance-based job. Um, absolutely. And always on, always on, you've got to be on, you know, you're 20 years in the industry. I'm 13 going on 14 years in the industry. And it's just the same as the day I started. You're only as good as how you've performed on your last account, right? Even deep, even deep into your career, which can be stressful. So is there any advice that you would give having gone through that to people that may be going through it right now? Well, a couple of things. I mean, uh, I, I definitely should have sought help for my anxiety way sooner than I did. It got really out of control. Um, my work environment for a number of reasons became toxic. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you recognize that happening, you just have to step back and say, first, is this worth it? Is this something that I want to try and salvage? Um, Mm -hmm. And secondly, you know, what is my part in this? Mm -hmm. Because I think that we have a tendency as humans to blame others for our mistakes and for our interpersonal conflicts and have to step back and say, okay, what what is it about me Mm -hmm. that's causing this? Um, because ultimately that's the only thing you can change is yourself. Yeah. Um, and then if you're in a situation, whether you've got that going on or not, but where you're expected to manage that many people go and talk to, um, two major people about that. So first talk to a business coach. Mm-hmm. Um, I had the wonderful for- good fortune while I was at, um, acronym to work with JT O'Donnell, um, who is a huge name in the coaching world now, but at that time, I think she was kind of just starting out, um, not just starting out, but certainly not as famous as she is now, mm-hmm. um, and she's phenomenal, um, so finding somebody who's really going to force you to look at that, you know, kind of SWOT analysis of strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats mm-hmm. Um, within your own within your own capabilities is really important um, and then the other person you have to talk to is your boss whoever you're reporting to you have to say look this is not working I have to we have to build in some kind of safeguards or structures that allow me to continue to be productive because mm-hmm. um, one of the things that I began to really resent about the job was that I wasn't doing SEO anymore. Mm-hmm. I was managing people and budgets and time cards and operations, 
operations. Exactly. And I wasn't doing SEO anymore and I really, I missed it. Yeah. Um, I, I love SEO. Yeah. And so fate being what it is, Mm -hmm. um, I, uh, was due to speak at SMX West and I went up to New York for one of my regular trips and I Mm -hmm. sat down with, um, with Anton and Selena, like I normally did. Um, and they said, look, um, we, we need to make some changes. Um, and, um, I, you know, I had seen it coming. Um, Mm -hmm. I knew it. Um, and they said, you know, we, we'd love for you to remain on board as like a subject matter expert and go out and speak and write and, you know, really be like our advocate in the industry. But, um, we can't, we we want you to stop working on client accounts. Um, we want to, we want to separate you from the rest of the team basically. Um, oh. And we need you to take a pay cut because we'll be paying for your travel. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That is, as a hard pill to swallow. Very hard. Yeah. Very hard. Um yeah. And, uh, you know, actually your podcast, the first time I've talked publicly about it, Wow, you're getting an exclusive here. I, I honestly, I really, I really appreciate it. Um, and again, like this, this podcast is about getting these types of topics out there. Um, aside from like, I love, I love SEO too. So I love talking about the work, but like this stuff is just as important. Um, because like people forget everybody's got something going on. Everybody. Um, There's nobody that you walk past in the supermarket or nobody that you work with or whatever that doesn't have something going on that's affecting them. Um, But the only way you would know is if people, people talk about it. And I'm I'm hoping that when people listen, in addition to kind of the subject matter expertise, that they listen for this stuff as well and know that they're not, they're not alone. They're not the only ones going through this. And hopefully um, we can give advice to help people, feel at least a little bit better about whatever they're going, going through. And it's not just the SEO profession, although this type of stuff is pervasive in the SEO profession, Mm -hmm. it's other professions as well. Um, So I think this for me, I'm, I'm, I'm really happy that you felt, um, you know, compelled and uh, open enough to, to share. So for me, that's awesome. I appreciate it. Thanks. And I mean, I'm sitting here thinking, what did I just say on live audio but <laughs> but um I, I i definitely want to say like acronym was amazing to me yeah i bear absolutely no ill will toward them or or any of it um they made the right decision for their business and um they were they were great to me i mean they even gave me like extra maternity leave for both of my kids um just you know so that i could just so that i could make it happen um yeah they, they help me, um, pay for, they help me pay for a nanny so that I could, um, come back to work right away. Um, I only took, uh, I only took six weeks off with both my kids. So, um, but of course, you know, being able to be work from home Mm -hmm. made that possible. 
Yeah. Um, and then they helped me. Well, I mean, they didn't actually pay for my nanny, but they just, you know, helped me. Um, uh, helped me in terms of paid leave and mm -hmm. just things that they really didn't have to do because as a company of their, the company of their size, they're, they're not subject to FMLA. So yeah. they just did it to be nice. And I really appreciate it. That's awesome. Um, but so that, that was all happening. And I went to SMX West and um, I met one of my absolute heroes, um, Vanessa Fox. Okay. And uh, she was so kind and we had a really nice chat. Um, and we were sitting in the speaker room mm -hmm. and she was talking to another, um, another search person, um, who's of equal status. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, she was talking about how it's, it's really hard to find good help at that mm -hmm. time. She had her company nine by blue, which was a consulting agency. Mm -hmm. Um, and she was talking about how it's, it's just really hard to find people who really know their stuff and, um, will do the work. Yeah. And I was sitting there at the table and I said, well, you know, let me know uh, if you ever need a scrappy SEO from North Carolina, <laughs> like just as a joke kind of. And, uh, uh, she called me the next week and she said, I'm going to be, uh, in Raleigh for a client meeting and I'd love to, to meet you and talk to you. It's amazing. If you had not been at SMX West, you never probably would have talked to her. You may have talked to her later, but not in the same two weeks. Not the same way. Going to be in Raleigh. Funny how that works out. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, um, she came to Raleigh and we chatted and she offered me a job. Wow. That's awesome. And uh, <laughs> so I got to, uh, I got to work remotely with her team in Seattle. Um, and I got to work with some, really amazing clients that uh, I cannot say names of <laughs> to my deathbed. Right. Um, <laughs> but um, Vanessa is, um, well, first, she's absolutely brilliant. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, she um, pioneered incredible things. And uh, if anybody has not read her book, Marketing in the Age of Google, you should read it. Um, it's really excellent. Uh, I think it's now in like its fourth edition. Wow. Um, but uh, it's, it's really excellent because it talks about um, intent mm -hmm. and really mapping keywords to intent to behavior. Really, really good stuff. Um, and it's short too. Um, yeah. You can read it, you know, in, an, in, an, in a couple hours. Um, but, um, unbeknownst to me, uh, she was talking to, um, RKG about some technology that she was building. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, she came to me about, about nine months in, um, and said, Hey, um, so I'm shutting down the consulting part of the company mm -hmm. and focusing purely on tool development. 
but I have contracts that I need to work out, mm -hmm. um, you know, need to, need to finish out. Uh, would you be interested in staying on contract um, to work on these? Mm -hmm. And uh, she said, you know, I can't, I can't guarantee you 40 hours a week. Um, it'll be that at first, but it's going to trail off because I'm yeah. not signing new contracts. And I said, uh, okay, you know, this is, this is fine. Um, can I try to get my own clients? Um, and she said, of course, that's fine. As long as you don't use company resources or equipment, that's totally fine. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I, uh, my mother's an attorney, <laughs> a contracts attorney. So when I told her I was thinking about doing this, she said, uh, okay, you need to incorporate. What's your business name? I'm like, oh, JLH Marketing, I guess. So hence my completely uncreative business name. Um, <laughs> and uh, it just worked out. Uh, um, by the time the work from Vanessa dried up, I had enough of my own and just stuck with it. What is it? Do you, do you have a, like, do you have a staff or is it still just, just you or like, what is it like to go from being in very corporate environments to being more entrepreneurial and running your own company? I love it. <laughs> I absolutely love it. Um, it's just me. Okay. Um, I, I don't, um, I, I outsource things occasionally, you know, a little bit here, a little bit there. Mm -hmm. um, I've had a couple of really um, fantastic contractors and a couple of really terrible contractors. Um, <laughs> but um, for the most part, it's just me. Um, and uh, I love it because I really get to get into the, the consulting part mm -hmm. of the business. I get to really help people. Um, but I never expected to be an entrepreneur. Like I never thought that was me. Um, and I was kind of forced into it again. Um, it was a sink or swim and it sounds like you're swimming. Yeah. I am swimming. It's been, <laughs> uh, <laughs> this September it'll be, uh, it'll be eight years. Eight years. Wow. That's awesome. Um, what are some, I guess, the, the unforeseen challenges that you've run up against being kind of a one-person um, consultancy and running your business that, like, you never had to deal with in any of these other places? <laughs> I mean, all the, all the operation stuff, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Taxes and billing and contracts. Yeah. And um, I got sued once. Oh, my um, gosh. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's uh, I should probably say for anybody who's listening, I didn't do anything wrong. I just right, right. <laughs> was in the wrong place at the wrong time. Somebody didn't want to pay their bill. Um, yeah. yeah, and ended up not paying their bill. So I would say, you know, that that's certainly a real life lesson for you. Um, yeah. uh, if you're an entrepreneur and and it, get your invoices out on time. Do not let them build up. Stop work if people don't pay. Yeah. Um, no matter how nice they are, no matter how much you are sure they're good for it, do not keep working if they're not paying um, yeah. because it builds up so fast. 
Um, and then the other one is don't ever send a collections agency after somebody because they will turn around and sue you. Wow. Wow. I, I never even see. And that's exactly why I feel like I've had an opportunity and have considered going out of my, on my own and taking on clients. And there have been opportunities internally at some of the companies I've worked at to be more on the operations side. And I just have no passion for any, any, <laughs> any of that. It's Ugh. a huge pain. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, and I mean, my husband and I both own our own companies. Wow. So. <laughs> well, at least you, at least you got somebody like around tax time. You just don't yeah. even want to be anywhere near either I'm one. Of sure. Us. I'm sure my father-in-law owns, owns his own companies and his taxes are in, I mean, for like, you know, he's a small business owner. They're incredibly complex. So they I just, not, I mean, we, we yeah. have an accountant, like we, yeah. we hire an accountant to do our taxes, but especially because with two solo earners, mm -hmm. our family taxes are ridiculously complicated. Yeah. Um, but even just trying to get everything together, making sure QuickBooks is, uh, is up to date, answering any questions, figuring out all your expenses, like all of that is just, it's exhausting. It can be exhausting. <laughs> So know that that's what you're getting to into if you uh, are planning to start your own business. You really will only bill about 50% of your time. Wow. The other 50% will be spent on operations and marketing. Crazy. Um, so I want to be like, do you still have time? Are we, are we good if yeah. we go a little bit? Okay. Yeah, so I want to I want to back out of the of the kind of story, and I want to talk um, a little bit about the the industry. Um, I I think aside from the the Raleigh SEO community, um, I think one of the places that I've seen you um, crop up in the industry discussions has been around the level of I, I guess discourse and behavior in especially at conferences. Um, which I'm not, I'm not a fan of conference conferences myself, but um, so I guess what would you, what, and I'm, I'm sure you've got a lot to say about that. What would you say about the, the state of the industry with respect to how people treat each other and behavior at conferences? That's a, that's a complicated question. Right. Um, so aside from, being a big advocate for mental health. I, I'm also a huge advocate for women in search, women in tech, women in STEM. Um, it's an uphill battle. Um, yep. When I first started in the industry in really, I, I guess, technically we're going to say probably 2002, um, it, uh, it was um, really hard to mm -hmm. be a woman in the room um, because I was the only woman in the room a lot of the yeah. time. And it was really tough to go into a pitch meeting and, you know, be the person who is supposed to be the subject matter expert and the, you know, CEO of the company says, you know, honey, are you taking notes? Wow. wow, that's bold. 
it, it wasn't then though. That's the thing. So it's much has thing. changed. Yeah. So much has changed for the better. Um, yeah. And while I experienced that kind of misogyny in mm -hmm. pitch meetings and, and working with um, companies from their, from their in-house uh, C-level and, and staff, the men in the industry for the most part are amazing. Um, there are so many guys in this industry that are just the sweetest people who would do anything for you, who are really respectful and appreciative of women and the perspective that we bring to the industry. Um, and, uh, a lot of them have, have helped me along the way. Um, so it, it gets really, it gets really difficult when we start talking about things like, um, harassment at conferences mm -hmm. and, um, that sort of thing, because a lot of it is from the attendees mm -hmm. as opposed to from, the other SEOs, yeah. um, and um, some of it from conference organizers, although um, many of them are, are no longer in the business, um, some of the ones that were, that were the worst. Um, but uh, it's, been, it's been interesting. I've been called the, the token woman on the panel a few times, um, which is really insulting. It's incredible. <laughs> um, because, I mean, I don't ever want to be chosen for a panel or for a job because I'm a woman. I want to be chosen because I'm the best or at least mm -hmm. as good as. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So that's, that's definitely a challenge that we have. But I think for the most part, the industry's really gotten a lot better, and yeah. the the awareness is really there a lot more than it used to be. Yeah, yeah, and I and I I hope that it continues to. to I I can't see it, you know, going anywhere, but continuing to to get better as we get kind of farther and farther away from the era and attitude that that type of relationship or those types of gender roles are like considered normal in mm -hmm. society. Um, but like, I, I think it all comes down to it. it I feel bad. <laughs> I feel bad as a, as a, as a man that other men are acting, acting like this. And there are some times where I'm like, I just don't know what I, what I can do other than to like govern myself and be, you know, be respectful and treat people like they deserve to be, to be treated. Um, but then I think that a certain component of it, like speaking up like, like this. Yeah. Can I, can I tell you the best thing you can do? Sure. Please. Is speak up yeah. when you hear it or when you see it. Um, when you're, you know, out at a bar with a bunch of guys and they start talking about, you know, so-and-so's, rack on stage today you know just yeah speak up and say yeah. like that's our colleague that's not okay yeah and you know in the the crazy thing is 
save for like a few times. And honestly, I'm, I'm a little ashamed that I didn't speak up. I, I don't say anything, but I didn't speak up. Honestly, I've never actually seen or heard or had somebody come to me and say, hey, this happened to me like as it happened. Um, it's always like way, way, way after, after the fact. And, um, yeah, it's, so it's, it's for me so far from my own personal experience, but at the same time, I know that this stuff is pervasive and is going, going on. Um, and yeah, just trying to do my, do my best personally to be kind of a, one of those people that helps uplift, um, uplift the women, the women in the industry as much as I can. Um, and that's I, really fantastic. And well, we yeah. thank you for it for sure. Yeah. And it's, I, I the hate, reason that you don't hear about things is, I mean, do you remember that hashtag of why I didn't report? No, no, I, okay. I, I didn't see that one. Yeah. So there was, it was kind of, uh, around the time of the, the Kavanaugh, uh, situation oh, yeah. in the media, yeah. mm-hmm. there yep. was a hashtag trending on Twitter. Why I didn't report. And what it was, was women talking about why they didn't tell anybody Mm -hmm. uh, when something happened to them. And um, that's why you don't hear about things when it happens. You hear about it way after the fact. Right. Because we we as women always have to balance what's going to happen if I say this. Mm -hmm. If I say this out loud, if I let people know that this happened. What's going to happen to me? Are people going to be afraid to invite me to things? Are they going to be, you know, am I going to get shut out of the inner circle of the industry? I mean, um, and, and that's something that, that I've had to come to terms with. I mean, I, I've always been a fairly outspoken person. It just comes from upbringing. Um, <laughs> but, but at the same time, um, I recognize that I have a, a level of privilege within this industry that as an established woman in this mm-hmm. industry, I work for myself so I don't have to worry about getting fired or getting in trouble yeah. at work for saying things. I um, you know, I, I have a a bit of a brand that, um, I have to protect obviously, but I also don't have to worry that I'm going to get shut out completely. Um, and so I've really embraced that and decided to use that to advocate for the women who can't speak up or who are afraid to speak up. Yeah. And I, I think that that's incredibly valuable and um, incredibly powerful. And like I said before, like, like seeing you, seeing you speak up was one of the key reasons that I wanted to reach out, reach out to you um, aside from your experience and, and expertise within the industry. Um, just seeing those conversations crop up made me go, I, I think I want to talk to Jenny at some point. Um, so I am glad that you, that you, that you agreed to to come on and, um, talk to me and honestly be honest about what is a really sensitive subject that I've tried to get uh, a few people to kind of go into it and nobody, like everybody's kind of stayed, um, for the, for the most part, very surface level. 
Um, so I do think that there is some apprehension to e- even talking about this topic on the, on the surface, um, which there I There is. Everybody worries that, you know, yeah. I'm going to say something wrong right. or I'm going <laughs> to you know, get myself in trouble. <laughs> right. Right. Um, myself, myself included, um, you know, both within, you know, within the company that I work for or like, you, you know, how like, you know, within, within Twitter these days, like it's, it's almost like if you say one wrong thing, um, it's like a feeding frenzy. <laughs> yeah. If you get on, if you get on the side of Twitter, a feeding frenzy and, um, I would say maybe like five years ago, the feeding frenzy would go and it would be over. But in this day and age, like if you get caught in one of those, it could cost you your job um, because that's how seriously um, it is It is taken. And some people deserve it. Maybe some people don't. I don't know. But um, yes, this, this, this type of a subject is certainly, certainly sensitive and I want to talk about it while also not getting caught in the feeding frenzy <laughs> at the same time. Um, Is there, is there another minute? Cause I, I have a comment on that, that I really want anybody listening to take to heart. Um, and that is that people make mistakes. Um, and, um, there are some mistakes that can be atoned for and taken back. And there are other mistakes that they, they should ruin your career. Um, (laughs) you know, and, and really at that point, they're not mistakes. They're just, you, you probably need professional help. Exactly. Um, <laughs> so, um, uh, you know, but, but on the topic of that, that feeding frenzy, um, never forget that the person on the other end of that is a person. Yeah. Um, and try and be fair. Um, there was a, a situation recently with uh, somebody from the UK who I, consider a friend i mean he's he's a friend and Mm -hmm. i met his wife and she's a lovely person and he did something that was really stupid um i know what you're talking about and yes it was incredibly stupid just frankly insensitive and then doubled down on it and was stupid about it and um i i told him you know that this was a dumb thing to do man you need to you need to atone for this you need to figure out what needs what needs to happen next from this um and i what i want to emphasize is that that person who's my friend is still my friend Mm -hmm. he made a mistake but he's still my friend and i'm not gonna do anything to try to mess up his career and I still really respect him as an SEO Mm -hmm. and I think that you know don't get involved in the in the the poo throwing and the the insults um stand strong and stand to your convictions but you don't have to you don't have to character assassinate somebody Sure. So that got really, really deep. Um, so, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. No, it's good. Um, last two questions. Um, Want to just quickly touch on some actual SEO, uh, since this is an SEO podcast. Um, <laughs> what are like what are your favorite tactics 
uh, or strategies, tactics and strategies are a little different, but what, what's kind of your favorite thing to apply with your clients these days? It depends on the client. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, there, I've got some kind of tricks that I use pretty consistently. So I primarily work with mid-level to large size business all the mm -hmm. way up to enterprise. Um, and one thing that I definitely try to do with the clients at that level is um, backlink auditing. Mm -hmm. So not from the perspective of let's find bad links and disavow them, although there's certainly something to be said for that if, if the client has had some issues in the past, but more of a what cruft is out there mm -hmm. that we can turn to our advantage. So going back and looking at links that they've lost, mm -hmm. um, a lot of times we can reach back out to that publication and say, hey, you did this great interview with, with the CEO back in you know, 2011 and uh, we noticed that the link that you have on the page is dead. Yeah. You know? A lot of times we can get things like that fixed and, and regain a really strong link. Um, or there can be redirects put into place for old site migrations or campaigns that were never followed up on from an SEO perspective when they mm -hmm. ended. Um, so that there's a lot of, there's a lot of value that can be taken from just that kind of technical approach of weeding out the cruft and optimizing what you have that you're not taking advantage of. How do you, um, especially with that, where like in some cases that might be like that interview um, example, the link itself is probably from a heavily branded campaign. How do you tie that back to or correlate that with positive organic performance? Well, that's more of the, um, that's more of the thought leadership or, or expertise piece of the puzzle. Mm -hmm. Um Anytime we can emphasize um, expertise in a topic uh, is going to be helpful on the organic side. When you're talking about clients that large, they don't need a lot of the, you know, kind of authority mm -hmm. sort of thing that, that smaller clients need um, because they already have it. You know, they're, they're, they're a household name. They don't, they don't need to go out and, and find links. They're, they're already there. Mm -hmm. um, so it's more a question of optimizing what you have and working with the PR team to make sure that anything that they're working on, they're keeping SEO in mind. Um, Things like, you know, don't create a microsite just for this, you know, new product launch, please. please. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. Stuff like that. Um, a lot of my time in, a, in an enterprise situation is spent just like as an extension of the in-house team, just helping the yeah. team get things through and working with dev to, you know, get story points on the next sprint, like all those kinds of things. Yeah. I always, um, Jamie Alberico had a great oh yeah. tweet this morning, um, or it might've been last night, but it basically just said, if you're pitching a, a, a I think she said, if you're pitching a, a big in-house company um, and you think you have the magic bullet 
uh, ask questions and listen mm -hmm. because chances are we already, uh, I mean, you'd have to go back and look at her tweet, but um, it, it was essentially saying, I think, uh, that, um, you know, in-house teams have a lot of requirements and restrictions and things that they have to deal with. And mm -hmm. um, just because you think you found the magic bullet doesn't necessarily mean that they can do it. So right. don't hang your hat on that. You need to come in and be like, you know, well, have you tried this? And if not, why not? And, you know, you, you learn more about the company and you learn more about their situation before you jump in and say, I have the solution to all your problems. Yeah. And she was great also in the, um, the JavaScript uh, video, which I uh, recently rewatched. Oh yeah. She's, she's brilliant. Yeah, she and I mean, she's really a great, great example of somebody who has just burst onto the scene. Right. Like, exactly. Yeah. I had never heard of her a, a year ago. And she seems like she's brilliant. She is brilliant. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's just it. Like, she has awesome hair. She does have awesome hair. Yeah. Um, but in terms of what you were, what you were just saying, I think uh, two things jump out at me. Um, one is like, I feel like SEO's greatest problem isn't coming up with, as an SEO day to day, it isn't coming up with great ideas and opportunities. It's, it's working to get them implemented. Like, <laughs> yes takes and that's why SEO takes a long time it wouldn't take such a long time if implementation was like that but it's not um, sometimes it can take months and in my case a few times it's taken years to get things implemented um, but then, 100%. yeah um, but then the other thing is like empathy which is a weird thing to say is a isn't isn't an important quality um, to have in an SEO but like having empathy for the people that you're trying to work through to get things done, especially developers. There's a natural, um, is, and I've experienced it my, myself, there's a natural inclination on both sides from SEO to developer to just, like you said, throw shit at each other. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and just you know, throw mud and, and for me to think that stupid developer and the developer to think that snake oil salesman SEO. <laughs> uh, really, like when you talk, it's important. In, so, in some cases, um, I've been able to develop really, really good relationships with developers. In other cases, like they're just, it was, there was like a brick wall and that brick wall wasn't coming down. But part of the equation, equation is having empathy for what else they're, um, they're being asked to do and knowing your place in, t in terms of where SEO fits into that part, that equation and trying to work with them to make sure that they can um, not waste their time, which is important, important to them. Um, if they're going to be doing something, it better be in impactful and not wasting their time. So that's something that so, I've found. Absolutely. So here's, here's your tip for like, working with a difficult developer yep. or, or development team. Mm -hmm. um, the, the absolute best thing you can say as an SEO is, well, I'm not the developer. I'm not the expert in this area, mm -hmm. but can hear the goals that I'm trying to achieve mm -hmm. and here's why. So yeah. one idea that I had for how we might do this is to X, Y, Z, but I'm interested to hear your thoughts. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> that, 
that and find out uh, find out how you can manage to like get out and drink some beers with them. Absolutely. Because seriously, like that brings down walls. Yeah, it, it absolutely does. Um, so last question, and I ask this to everybody, or at least I try to. Um, so imagine that you're somebody getting into the industry literally this second, this day, this year. Um, what advice would you give to somebody like that? It depends on what your goals are. If your goal is to do good work, then find some good clients and do good work. <laughs> if your goal is to become known in the industry, then find good clients and do good work and tell people how you did it. Yeah. Share. Share. Become part of the community. Join the Facebook groups like Dumb SEO Questions and um, uh, others I can't think of right now. Um, <laughs> and, and help. Um, hop on SEO chat and SEM Rush chat um, and so many others um, and, and help. And talk shop. Don't be egotistical. Um, just learn and respect and help. And that's, I mean, that's pretty much how we all got where we are today. I feel like that's just good life advice. It is. It <laughs> definitely is. Respect, learn, help. Uh, yeah, a lot of people could. And don't bullshit because yeah. we can see it from a mile away. And so can clients. And so can clients. So can clients. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm a, I'm a U.S. Search Awards judge, um, which is a great honor. I, I love doing it. Um, but uh, just uh, last week, I was going through all the entries for the categories that I've been assigned this year. And, I mean, some of them are spe spectacular and some of them are smoke and mirrors. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, it's easy to see through the crap. <laughs> yep well jenny i appreciate you uh going over time uh here a little bit and being so um awesome and candid and uh, uh, open and honest so really appreciate your your time thanks it's uh it's the only way i know how to be sometimes to my detriment <laughs> so <laughs> to you. thanks a lot i really appreciate it yep Thank you so much for listening to the Page 2 Podcast. If you like this podcast, you can listen and rate it on a number of platforms including Anchor.fm, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Radio Public, Applecasts, Stitcher, Breaker, CastBox, and more. If you wish to support the growth of this podcast, please visit my website at jacobstoops.com forward slash page 2 podcast or Anchor.fm forward slash page two podcast to make a donation would be greatly appreciated. If you're an SEO who would like to be interviewed, I'd love to have you. Simply send me an email at jake.stoops at gmail.com and we'll absolutely set something up. Until next time, happy optimizing.